Are you feeling overwhelmed by work? Is it a constant struggle for you to stay productive throughout the day? It's okay, you're not alone. According to a survey by Everest College, 83% of US workers suffer from work-related stress. In this episode, we're going to break down workplace stress, how to recognize it, and take control of your life, featuring an interview with Alicia Anderson, who has her master's in clinical mental health counseling. My name is Tiffany Roberts from the Leadership Institute, and you're listening to the Lead Your Future podcast. Are you interested in running for office? Want to work on a campaign? At the Leadership Institute, it is our mission to increase the effectiveness of conservative activists and leaders in the public policy process. We offer over 40 different trainings, including campaign management school, on-camera TV trainings, and writing workshops. If you want to make a difference in public policy, visit leadershipinstitute.org. That's leadershipinstitute.org. Let me start off by saying stress is unavoidable. It exists. So no matter how much we try to keep a handle on things, sometimes we're hit with a mountain of responsibilities that need to get done, or we have three places we need to be at once. With only 24 hours in a day, sometimes it's hard to be Superman or Wonder Woman. Today, we're going to discuss different forms of stress that can occur in the workplace. And later, we will talk with Alicia Anderson, who has her master's in clinical mental health counseling, and she is a clinician at Horizon Health and Wellness. She is going to share with us her best advice when it comes to mitigating stress in the workplace. First, I want to define what workplace stress is. Clinically speaking, job stress is a set of harmful physical and psychological responses that can occur when the requirements of the job do not match the capabilities, resources, or needs of the worker. That definition right there basically shows us and tells us that there are many different forms of stress. There are many different things that can happen in the workplace that will affect people differently. That's why first I want to talk about what different forms of job stress are out there. Just a disclaimer, there are a lot, but we're going to discuss what I found to be the most common today. I conducted a survey on the Rules of Networking Facebook group that I'm in, and I posted a poll with the question, what are some things you experience or struggle with that result in workplace stress and or anxiety? The most popular answer to the question was inability to stay focused. The second one was unreasonable expectations for themselves. The third one was unable to meet other people's demands and expectations. And the fourth one was money. There were a few other answers, but these were some of the most popular ones I had. I want to talk about the first answer, um, your inability to stay focused. This this definitely has a lot of variables to it. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of different reasons why somebody might not be able to stay focused and it's causing them stress. One of them could be that they are thinking about all the things that have to get done and they're worried about all the things they still need to do that it's taking time away from what they have to do right now in that moment. Uh, during my research, I came across a podcast called Unhurried Living where they talked about dealing with the workplace stress and they said something that I thought was very interesting. Take a listen. Stress is compounded when we think about the future or even into the next five minutes. I, um, I said to someone recently, 
why don't you try going no further into the future than the end of your nose? Mm. And she laughed and we giggled about it. But it actually proves to be a helpful exercise in being where you are because your nose is right there. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things then that makes uh, the yoke of our work heavier is trying to take on the stuff I'm going to be doing in 10 minutes or an hour or tomorrow or next week or next month yes. and load that all onto today. Right. Taking the burden of the future and dumping it on today makes today unnecessarily heavier. You know, I just love what he just said there. Taking the burden of the future and dumping it on today makes today unnecessarily heavier. I'm definitely a proponent of this. I worry about what needs to get done in the future, and today, at this moment, I'm never able to really be productive in completing my tasks all at once. And what the woman said earlier, the best way to handle that is instead of worrying about what needs to get done tomorrow, or later today, or even the next five minutes, just worry about everything up to the end of your nose. So within the next few seconds, the next minute or so, what needs to get done? Now, onto the second point from the survey. Um, a lot of people feel stressed in the workplace because of unreasonable expectations for themselves. During my research, I found a book called The Stressless Workbook. If you're interested in reading more, I put the link to the book in the show notes. I really think they break down this issue of having high expectations for yourself, and they really give you a great way to cope with it and to deal with it in a way where it makes you more productive and in the way a better worker. So I'm going to read a small excerpt from this book. In our society, succeeding at work or school, having nice things, being attractive, popular, and self-disciplined are all highly valued. And because we want others to like and accept us, we strive for these ideals. In general, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's healthy to want to succeed. Being outgoing and friendly, for example, helps you develop strong relationships, which keep stress at bay. But when you hold on to these ideals and preferences in a rigid and inflexible way, as if they're rules or demands from on high, you cause yourself a great deal of stress, especially when you can't meet your own expectations or when things are beyond your control. In cognitive therapy, we call these rules and demands musts and shoulds. If, for example, you sometimes feel shy and self-conscious, yet you tell yourself, I must feel confident and relaxed you'll end up being very stressed and unhappy. It's the same with making demands on other people. The truth is, we can't control their behavior, and unfortunately, they sometimes let us down. But while it's unreasonable to feel disappointed or annoyed with others when this happens, it's unreasonable to hold people to certain standards for how you feel they must or should act. For example, he should have returned my call. People must respect me. When you do this, you find yourself feeling angry and resentful towards others when inevitably things don't go the way you want. And in the end, this is a waste of your energy because anger, grudges, and blame don't solve any problems. They just stress you out. Instead, a straightforward way of challenging shoulds and must is to rethink them as preferences, wishes, and desires, rather than rigid rules or demands. When you're feeling very angry or frustrated, try to identify the rule that's been broken. Did someone, perhaps even yourself, behave as you feel he or she shouldn't have? Maybe things didn't go the way they must. When you're frustrated or angry, look at those sorts of thoughts and write them down somewhere. Then challenge your thinking by reminding yourself that these aren't absolutes, but rather preferences. Convert the must to healthier, more flexible cognitions. 
Wow, I think that's a really great way to deal with that idea of not being able to fulfill your own expectations. I mean, I have this problem myself where I have all these things I want to do and all these ideas, but I can never have time to do it. And I'm hard on myself. I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing what I should should be doing right now. There's a better way to go about that. And I really think that excerpt from that book just kind of gave us a great idea and way to solve that issue and to get around that and to mitigate that stress that can occur in the workplace. Now, don't go too far. After this quick break, I'm going to sit down with Alicia Anderson and we're going to discuss her best ways to mitigate stress in the workplace, if there's good stress and bad stress, and we will also discuss how it can negatively affect our health and our safety. My name is Tiffany Roberts from the Leadership Institute, and you're listening to the Lead Your Future podcast. Are you looking to launch your career? Do you want to gain real, professional experience while sharpening your media skills? Then apply today to be a studio's intern here at the Leadership Institute. As a studio's intern, you'll master Adobe programs and get behind-the-scenes access to media professions across the board. Just go to leadershipinstitute.org and click on the Career tab to learn more. That's leadershipinstitute.org and click on the Career tab to learn more. All right, welcome back, everyone. I'm happy to have with me Alicia Anderson. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Um, so, Alicia, can you tell me what you do as a clinician? Yeah, I'm a mental health therapist, and I do therapy for all ages. Okay, so this podcast, is it's been about um, stress in the workplace. So I first just wanted to ask you, what are some of the best ways to mitigate stress? Yeah. Uh, that's a huge one. Um, so being aware of your stressors are probably like the biggest thing you can do. Um, that way, when you're aware of it, you can start using those strategies to kind of um, cope with that stress. I've heard stress can be both a good and bad thing. Is that true? Yeah, definitely. So stress can be good because it motivates us to get things done or it cautions us about certain situations. So like preparing for a work project, that stress kind of motivates us to get it done in a timely manner. Okay. And in what ways can it be more negative? So when you aren't able to handle stress, you know, that can make you shut down and not do the certain things like working on that work project or um, avoiding certain people or situations. Um, it can also affect your mental health and your physical health. So you can get more sick if um, the stress is bad. Yeah, that's actually something I want to ask you about is, I mean, a lot of people, a lot, stress is a very common thing. A lot of people experience it, but in some ways it can really affect your health or, or safety. So in what ways can, can it affect your health? Yeah, so physically, um, it lowers your immune system and metabolism when we don't deal with stress and we kind of hold things in. So that means that you get sick more, um, you gain unhealthy weight, um, and then mentally, you know, you can get mental illnesses um, such as depression, anxiety, and those things can affect your life if you're not able to cope with them. 
Now, what if, if somebody's experiencing stress, like while they're on the job in the workplace, is there anything I can do to help myself deal with that stress in the moment? Yeah. So this will be different for anyone, um, for different people. So finding coping strategies that work for you specifically, um, like some people do deep breathing, some people use stress balls, some people talk to a coworker. Um, listening to music is a huge one that people do, but it really depends on what job you're doing and what you're able to do to stress or de-stress. Um, so it's case by case. Yeah. And I guess like the biggest thing is just finding a way to not let your stress kind of take over what you're doing in your workload, because if it, if it, you know, gets too extreme, it can become a problem. You'll have a hard time doing your daily tasks every day. Right. Which could lead to you getting fired or just working or performing poorly in the workplace. Now, at what point would you recommend somebody to reach out to a counselor or a clinician like you? At what point would you recommend they do that if they're having issues with stress in the workplace? When they've exhausted their own resources, like if they can't find coping skills that work for them or they, you know, aren't getting the support at home um, and they just need some help, you know, brushing up on some skills or finding an outlet, you know, someone to talk to, um, that's a good reason to talk to a therapist. And it doesn't have to be scary um, because therapists also talk to therapists. Like um, it's beneficial for anyone. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who feels like they cannot meet other people's needs or expectations and that's causing them to like be very stressed or have a lot of anxiety? Yeah, I mean, having that conversation with that person is a good starter because sometimes communication isn't effective. And then, you know, both parties aren't able to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, so I guess that communication piece is important. So they, the, the other person is aware of how, you know, they're feeling about the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other additional like information, maybe like resources, places people can reach out to? online there's a lot of different resources out there so if someone's afraid to go see someone in person or you know they're working long hours in the workplace then there's a lot of like online counseling opportunities especially now with this whole um, virus thing we have going on telehealth is like a huge thing and we're having to do things over the phone over zoom so um, that's a good resource for people that don't have a lot of time or scared to come in person. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all I have for you today. Um, thank you, Alicia, so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Lead Your Future podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, or leave a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. My name is Tiffany Roberts from the Leadership Institute, and you're listening to the Lead Your Future podcast. The Lead Your Future podcast is produced and edited by Tiffany Roberts with support from Jared Cummings. Advertisements by Alexander Chang and Christopher Olson. Executive produced by David Fenner and Morton Blackwell. If you want to learn more about the Leadership Institute and see behind-the-scenes photos, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to Leadership Institute on YouTube.